Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Clay Buckholtz is an ace, apparently. Steven Strasburg, not even close. And are we worried, or, you know, it's Thursday, are we thurried about Kenley Jansen? What's up, everybody? We welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today. Chris Towers is getting called out. And not one of those, I'm going to call him out behind his back. Because that's what I've been doing lately. I'm going to call him out. I'm not going to, one of our listeners is going to call him out. But he's on the show. Woo. We welcome him back. Woo-hoo. He's Chris Towers. That's Scott White making that noise. Chris Towers is also here. I'm, hey. I'm just, what have you been saying about me? I've been saying that you have no dedication. Like, I'm right. I'm right here. You have no dedication to the show. If you've got something to say, <laughs> yeah. say it. You, you have no, no dedication to the show. Uh, what? I'm so busy. What else have I been saying? <laughs> There's yeah. so much going on. It's true. It's true. I get in the office at 8:30. I'm here until 7:30. I've got so much to do. Is that true? Yeah, I, this is my job, Adam. It's a tough time. Tough time of year. Um, but alas. But I'm here. Baseball is also here. Let, and we have a mailbag. I keep saying we're going to have a mailbag. We actually have a mailbag today. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. Buckholtz or Luckholtz, guys? He's got a 225 <laughs> VRA. Uh, he's been just outstanding. Buckholtz or Luckholtz? So my inclination is still to say Luckholtz, but it's, it's obviously getting harder to say. Um, and as I talked about after his last start, which was a complete game effort, this one was seven shutout innings, right? Yep. Seven really good innings. Shutout. Um, you know, his FIP is only 339. Still much higher than the ERA, but a low FIP. His, uh, walk rate is one of the best in baseball. Um, I don't, I don't think he's just going to crash and burn. Like, I, I think he's been pitching over his head, but I, I think he's also like a Mike Leakish type pitcher at this stage of his career where he can be useful. I was going to go with another uh, sort of backhanded compliment and say it's very reminiscent of what Anibal Sanchez has done this season when he's been healthy. Um, yeah, it's true. Like, he's been lucky. He's also been good. I don't necessarily have a good explanation for why, mm-hmm. but it's happening. I, <laughs> I, I was reading, you know, just searching for something that might explain it. Um, he's healthy. He's apparently gotten really, gone really in depth on scouting reports in a way he never used to with the help of Dan Heron, who I guess is associated with the Diamondbacks organization in some way. Uh, but he's given a lot of credit to yep. Dan Heron. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe he's just super brainy pitcher now instead of, I mean, clearly he's not the flamethrower he used to be anymore. Okay, so uh, would you drop Marco Gonzalez for Clay Buckholtz? No. I, I'm worried about Marco Gonzalez, though. He was uh, yeah. one of the most worrisome pitchers I featured in that uh, article earlier this week about the 16 who are who who have innings concerns here down the stretch. Um, 
He's at 145 and two thirds now. Obviously a disastrous start yesterday. It was three awful starts in a row. And that was after an extended rest. It was his first start in nine days and he was still 11 hits, eight earned runs in three innings. He's up to 145 and two thirds innings for the season now. That's after only 126. Why, why do I keep saying 100 in? 126 and a third last year. 145. So he's like already at 20 more innings than he was at last year. And obviously he didn't pitch at all in 2016 because he was recovering from surgery. So that's a big jump in innings for a guy who hasn't pitched this deep into the season in a long time. Um, with Mariners falling out of the race, I'm not sure he's going to make it all the oh, way through September. Yeah. No, they're right. I think they're going to shut him down. And I di- I dropped Marco Gonzalez for Mike Miner. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's droppable. Yeah, and I, I I like what Miner's been doing. I mean, I think it's probably a little fluky because he's not really getting any whiffs. But Gonzalez, you know, the only thing that made me a little hesitant was he's got two starts next week. They're at San Diego and at Oakland. And, you know, maybe you get a good start in the San Diego start. But honestly, I just can't trust him at all right now. I, I think that would every be scary. Start, yep. Every start Bad could be Bad timing terrible. for those two starts. I, I still might do it in a points league. But it, it would depend on my options. I made, like, this This seemed like a pretty easy call. I made this mistake in one league. Two-start Chris Archer over one-start Jack Flaherty, even as awesome as Jack Flaherty had been lately. And obviously that's blown up in my face. So you can certainly overplay the two-start right. uh, the two start aspect. I did that in the Dynasty League against Scott. I started well, two-start uh, Bartolo Colon, and he gave me a negative six-and-a-half points, I think. The first That's start. the same league I was talking about, where I started Archer over Flaherty. So well, thanks for doing we're, that. Uh, we're out. We're out managing ourselves. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, or Carluck Rodon. That is our next less clever segment. Carlos or Carluck Rodon. Carluck Rodluck. Oh, <laughs> wow! He's got a two seventy one ERA, a one oh two WHIP. A 206 Babip, an 80% strand rate, a ton of uh, fly balls. Uh, and at the Yankees and home against Boston next week, that looks a little treacherous. But uh, Carluck, Roluck, you're not buying it from Carlos Rodon, Chris? I really wish I could. I've been a very big fan of Carlos Rodon's going back to his days in college. I, I actually watched him there. But no, I don't. It This ain't it. He has a 231 ERA over his last 10 starts, and that's awesome. And we got an email about this, and I'm sure you'll bring it up. Um, no, I was I, because I have this segment. That's why I didn't bring up the email. Well, okay. So the, the guy said, "Well, why don't you guys are you keep dismissing Carlos Rodon? Basically, why don't we take him seriously?" And and here's why: he has been really, he has had really good results over the last 10 starts. We don't care about what you've done, except when it tells us what you're likely to do in the future. And Carlos Rodon, nothing that he's doing right now suggests that he's going to be able to be even a league average pitcher moving forward. Now there's, there's the potential for him to just turn things around and pitch better than he has, but you're looking at 6.8 K per nine, 3.2 walks per nine during this 10 start stretch. His swinging strike rate is a career low and it's never actually been that high, but now it's below average. He, this is a lot like the early season stretch from one Sean Manaya. And both are guys who should get more strikeouts than they do, and it's hard to figure out exactly why they don't. But as we've seen with Manaya, he's settled in as a useful pitcher uh since May, but certainly not 
must start. Certainly not even must own. I, you oh, know, I think Scott, you. Wrote, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like Manaya keeps doing well, and every time we're like, "Well, how is he doing so well?" I think he's got like a four ERA since May first. Okay, I mean, okay. Right, he's got a 370 yeah, four, ERA on the he year. He has a 474 ERA since May 1st. That's a span of 20 starts. But, okay, I, I believe that was like a one terrible month for Rodon. Yeah, he had a 718 ERA in May. He bounced back 284 ERA in June, 377 in July, and so far he had, he just had a terrible start. It's 531. So he's, a, he's had one good month, and then one month where he was Usable-ish, but pretty low-end usable with 5K per nine. I bet you if I took June 5th through August 13th, we've got about a 340 ERA. Maybe maybe even better than that. <laughs> well, you could know. do that. You could look that up. I'm not going to. That's it, a bet we can resolve It right went now. from 359 to 344 over that stretch. So, yeah, it's probably about a 340 ERA. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I mean, do you think Rodon will be as useful as Sean Mania going forward? I do. I'm, I'm not quite as down as Chris on him. I understand what he's saying. Uh, this is not what I thought. This is not good Carlos Rodon, what I was thinking that would look like. He, you know, he has a FIP over four. Um, I do think it's encouraging that he has become more efficient, but. Right, but he, that's just a result needs, of, that's just a result of getting good results, you know? Like, not it's not like he's pitching more efficiently. He's still throwing a lot of balls. Um, well, the walks are interesting because it's kind of like he'll have one start with five walks, and then his control will be fine. You know, like, like he has a nine point three percent walk rate. He has a nine point six percent walk rate for his career. I, I mean, you could. It's it's kind of you use the Shamanai comparison. You, you could compare it to Kevin Gosman too, where. He's doing things well, just not the best things well, the things we know he could do, uh, we've seen him do in the past. And so, yeah, I think he's performed over his head. I also think he's going to be useful. What's and he doing well? To get, and there's a chance, like Kevin Gosman, that he just suddenly gets better. Um, which Well, I, I disagree with that. Gosman hasn't gotten better either. I, so. I know, but there's still the chance Gosman gets better. Yeah. Yeah, I and, and I'm Gosman not, has not gotten optimistic. better, but again, not in the right ways. He's, he's I'm become... not optimistic about either one. Okay. All right, let's move Gosman. on. Yeah. Let's okay. move on. Uh, who stood out to you on Thursday, Scott White? Uh, tr- um, I always forget his first name. Trevor. The Marlins pitcher, Trevor Richards. That's his first name. Too many Trevors and Travises and tribulations. Okay, Trevor Richards. Had another big strikeout start, nine strikeouts against the Yankees, nine strikeouts in five and a third innings. That's his fourth start in five with seven or more strikeouts. And his changeup is starting to get a lot of buzz. It's really Uh, deservedly. I mean, it's, it's like a 25% swinging strike rate on that pitch, which is elite no matter what pitch you're talking about. And, uh, it, it seems to be, it seems to be the sort of pitch that can transform a player from you know, kind of a fringy organizational depth type to, uh, oh, let's you know, kind of like we saw from Zach Godley in the curveball last Not year. Not even fringy organizational depth guy. He was pitching an independent ball last year. I, he he was Richard, not even I, this, a professional uh, baseball player. Guys, this show is going to take three hours at this rate. So let's just talk about Trevor Richards. I mean, the pro- here's the problem. One, he's at Boston next week. 
Uh, two, four straight starts of Lex in six innings. So I don't know. This maybe is a long-term player or something. I don't, I'm not sure how useful Trevor Richards is. I understand that he's doing good things and fantasy owners need to know about him, especially in like a dynasty league or something. I don't know, guys. Like for this year, do we think Trevor Richards is going to be somebody that, that helps us down the stretch? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I wouldn't start him next week, but not possibly. Yeah. All right. So keep that in mind. He's 16% owned. Chris, you have any standouts for Thursday? Yes. Yes. Freddie Peralta was really good yesterday and it's not hard to see why he only walked two batters and when he doesn't walk people he is really really good because his pitches even though he only throws fastballs really the fastball moves a ton it's really deceptive when he avoids walks he's awesome I just I don't know if he's going to keep doing that he has three quality starts in his last four the other start was three innings seven earned runs at Atlanta he also faced the Reds without Votto Vado's so bad as a baseball player now that that's actually a good thing. I'm sure we'd all agree. And uh, Eugenio Suarez was also off. And I'm just trolling, Chris. Uh, so that's Freddie Peralta. He's 66% on. Would you start him at Cincinnati? One start next week at Cincinnati, who we just faced. I could see him being the kind of pitcher who struggles when he faces a team two starts in a row. I don't know if the record backs that up yet, but I'd be a little wary of that. Alrighty. So that's Freddie Peralta. We got a lot more to get to. What's not a great day for fringy starting pitchers? Eflin, Gibson, Lynn, uh, they stunk, but, uh, but Mike Miner was good. Peralta was good. Trevor Williams was good. Talk about no strikeouts. Uh, Carlos Carrasco got beat up yesterday. We'll see if we have time to talk about him. How much are we trusting Julio Tehran? Noah Syndergaard. Maybe we can talk about them tomorrow on the two star pitchers show. We do have to read a lot of emails today. So let's do the Thuriometer. It is Thursday. We are worried. We like alliteration. It's Thuriometer Thursday. Steven Strasburg, 0 to 10. Chris Towers, Thuriometer. 10. Woo! That's a very heat. He, well, there. he, so yesterday during the start, and it was his first start since coming back from a neck, a nerve, in, nerve issue in his neck, and that was his first start when he had that from coming back from shoulder injury. So, you know, the neck bones connected to the shoulder bone and all that. Um, but yesterday, as he got deeper into the start and deeper is a relative term, cause he only pitched four innings, the last inning, you, his velocity fell off the map. He was hitting 91, 92 with his fastball. This is a guy who routinely hits in the, the mid to high nineties. He's shaking his arm after every pitch, you know, after the start, they said, well, it's, it's, he just didn't have the strength in his arm. But it's August 23rd. There's 35 games left in the season. He might have six starts left. I don't know how much time I have to wait for Steven Strasburg to build up arm strength. Uh, I'm worried. Scott, he's, Chris is a 10. All valid points. I'm worried, too. I'm giving it a 7, though, rather than a 10. He did so. not have a rehab assignment, right? He did make a rehab start. Oh, he did? It went well. Uh... You know, it's possible that was from a previous. I don't think now, he I did. Think about it. I don't think he Let did. Let me check the date on it. I'm wondering if he just doesn't have the arm strength because he skipped it. You know, they were rushing him back. And right. Oh, it would totally make the sense make sense that he won it. Like, I don't think his arm is just ruined or anything. But I and and you know, I think Chris's point was more: Does he have time to build back the arm strength, or are they just going to shut him down because yeah. this team's not playing for anything? And yeah. let me uh, let me add this. 
you got a tough call to make next week. Two starts for Strasburg at Philadelphia and home against Milwaukee. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have a really hard time trusting him after what we just saw. It's not just the results. It's the fact that the velocity was down. His arm strength wasn't there. I I would envision myself starting him in a points league. And that seems like a situation. Certainly seems like a situation where it could turn into a one or zero start week very quickly. Yeah. Uh, He did not have a rehab start prior to this return. The rehab start I was thinking of was mid-July. Right. All right, worryometer, thuriometer on Kenley Jansen, who has made two appearances since coming off the DL with the irregular heartbeat, and he has given up three home runs total. Uh, he's given up six hits and four runs, three homers in those two appearances. Zero to ten, Scott, on Kenley Jansen. I will give this a four. It's Ooh. reminiscent of what he was going through in April. That's what I was going to say, also. too, Scott. I was also going to go four. Yeah. Yeah, the April angle. Mm-mm. Like I, I don't know the four on the worryometer. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, I don't see why this particular issue, right. heart issue, affect his stuff. I think it's just more he went a couple weeks without pitching, and the velocity's been down, but not as far down as it was in April. I think he's just a pitcher who needs repetition to keep the stuff up. Okay, I'm not gonna let Chris answer. I'm gonna instead let Chris give a worryometer, a thuriometer on Charlie Morton, who uh, now is a 3.05 ERA. And a ton of strikeouts, but got crushed at Texas yesterday. And I had mentioned that – I'm sorry. This game was at Texas. I have to confirm. Uh, because I had mentioned that Texas has the fourth or fifth best home OPS in baseball. So keep that in mind. Uh, no, and they've just generally been crushing This game was at Seattle. Four. That's why it didn't sound right. I'm an idiot. This game yeah. was at Seattle. So much the, different. Okay. So not Texas. Not Texas. Uh, the, Texas, Texas played Oakland. Anyway, Seattle has not been crushing. No, they haven't. Um, okay, so last 14 starts, 373 ERA. Uh, more fly balls and ground balls. Uh, worryometer on Charlie Morton. Two. Like even a 373 RA, I'm not benching him. He's still awesome. So, you know, his, his fit for the season is like 345. Okay, maybe the first 10 starts of the season or so, we got a little carried away saying he's a top 10 pitcher or in that discussion. Maybe he's just a top 20 pitcher. Okay. You know, but like, I would still expect him to be better than Chris Archer for the rest of the season, to name one example. All right, that is Charlie Morton. If you want to go see Charlie Morton pitch, I can tell you how to get there. It's on the SeatGeek app. And look, there's some exciting baseball coming up. There's also football coming up. Concerts coming up. Comedy, theater, any type of live event. Get there on the SeatGeek app. And I use it all the time. I've actually been glued to SeatGeek every single day, probably about three or four times a day. I am looking for tickets to the Miami-Florida State game and seeing if they're going down on SeatGeek and just search it. Like It is kind of hilarious. I have been all over that app because I know that is the best way to get tickets. In fact, I will share a story. I hope the SeatGeek people are cool with this. Um, I recently reached out to a ticket broker because I am truly desperate for tickets here. And he gave me prices on seats. This is true. He gave me prices on seats for this game yesterday. They're about $70 more expensive than the equivalent seats on SeatGeek. That is no joke, and that is including fees. So uh, SeatGeek is the way to go. I know if I buy tickets to this game, it's going to be through the SeatGeek app. Uh, and, and honestly, typically, 
it's the only place I go. This was a rare circumstance. It is the only place I go to get my seats. If you want 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, use the code FANTASY. Fantasy is the code for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek poach purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and use the code FANTASY. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. We've got a tweet of the day. It was actually two days ago, and it was from, uh, and I think Scott alluded to this yesterday. A.J. Hinch, the Astros manager, this tweet was from MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM. He told Power Alley that Roberto Ozuna is now his primary closer. Later that day, Roberto Ozuna was his primary setup man for <laughs> Hector Rondon. But yesterday, Roberto Ozuna got the save. And yeah. he's, he's been and pretty Ro- good. And, and, and Rondon worked the eight. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was- Scott, yesterday you called Hinch a liar. Do you have to apologize to him now? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, well, here's the question. Has he gotten he the majority? Wasn't- of the saves. No, he's gotten 50% of the saves since Hinch said that. He's 50%. What yeah. added to? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Round up. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I think it'll eventually be Ozuna, but I just don't understand what the point of those comments was. If that same day he wasn't going to turn to Ozuna in the save chance. And it was obviously not because Ozuna needed rest or anything because he still pitched in the game. So I don't know what's up. I, I probably It was probably a situation where a tougher part of the lineup was coming up in the eighth inning. And uh, that's just the way the Astros operate. Maybe. So uh, so we'll see. But I I think if Ozuna is the primary closer, it'll probably be in like a Sir Anthony Dominguez sort of way where he frustratingly loses saves from time to time. You want to hear a name that is really not in the mix for saves, but I'm going to say his name anyway. Hector. Sure. Hector Neris has been lights out since yep. being recalled. Saranthi Dominguez is struggling a little bit. I think they stick yep. with him, but if they don't, it's probably more likely to be Pat Neshek. But if they don't go with him, maybe it's Hector maybe. Neris. What the heck? I just want maybe. people to know I'm still paying attention to baseball. That's that's what that was. I'm still paying attention to baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and here are your news and notes. Aroldis Chapman's on the DL with knee tendonitis. There's no timetable for his return. Aaron Boone said he's optimistic that Chapman will contribute down the stretch. And the Yankees are apparently going to go closer by committee. And just so you know, I'm still paying attention to baseball. Here's what Dellen Batances has done in his last 32 appearances. He has a .57 ERA. He has given up 10 hits in 31 and a third with 14 walks and 53 strikeouts. And four walks since July 2nd. So he's been amazing. Uh, but is he even the guy to own in the Yankees bullpen? I, yes, because I think he's the best pitcher in the Yankees bullpen. But I don't think that means he's going to get the majority of the saves for however long a role does Chapman's out. Maybe the plurality, but probably not the majority. I, this is a really frustrating situation because they're unlikely to give any one person the job and they have at least two guys I would be very excited to see get the job. Yeah, I, I, I'm still, not including I, Zach I think, Britton in that. I think he might be lying. I think they might, it might be Robertson, who I, I believe was available yesterday. I'd love to see that. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I think if they went with any one guy, it would be Robertson. It's, just because he's been dealing with the shoulder thing himself. And you said he was available yesterday. I think so. 
Yeah, I mean, but Chapman's been available off and on since the All-Star break, so you just don't know how, how you know, shoulders always, you know, that, that's always well, a Chapman is Chapman is knee, though. I know. Oh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, yeah, all right, gotcha. It's a situation where a guy's dealing with this kind of vague injury that uh, keeps him from pitching sometimes, right, and right. that's that's... You know, that might be what prevents them from turning to Robertson full-time. Addison Russell's on the DL, and Daniel Murphy is going to probably bat leadoff, but he's going to hit at the top of the order or close close to leadoff often. He'll be replaced late in the game for defensive purposes. And we didn't get a great idea of what their lineup's going to look like yesterday because they had the DH, and Ben Zobris DH. Murphy was at second. Bias was at short. And David Bodie was at third base. Bodie's been great, but his time could be up. Chris Bryant is nearing a rehab assignment. Will Myers uh, was fielding some ground balls at third base during batting practice. He got hit in the face, got hit in the nose, he got a cut, and he was scratched from the game. Uh, opening day is going to be the earliest opening day in MLB history, March 28th next year. I love this new schedule. I love it. I don't. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> because the season is like a week and a half longer, and that's really great for the players because it's really nice for them to get the extra days off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Look, speaking selfishly, I, I think it makes the fantasy season worse, actually. I'll, I'll say that. I won't I won't bore anyone with concerns about my mental health. No, but it's it better this the, way. Because, no. Be, for no, our mental because, health. Because, oh, God, I, those Thursday games. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, the fact that I don't like that the season's starting on Thursday because we're going to have this constant debate. And we're always going to have to be like, is it week 22? Is it week 21? Is it week 23? Like, well, and the season's going to be 28 weeks. The season's going to be 28 weeks long now, like it is this year. That's a lot of weeks. That is most of the year. It's 20, (laughs) 20, but it's like 26 scoring periods. It should be if you do, if you're smart, if you're cool. If you do it right, right, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you got to pick up Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan Zimmerman's crushing it. He had his 11th career walk-off homer, two away from the record held by Jim Tomei. 13 walk-off home runs. Marcelo Zuna's on the DL with shoulder inflammation, so does that mean Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Jose Martinez are going to be regularly playing? Well, Jose Martinez was out of the lineup yesterday with a hip injury, I think. Uh, Tyler O'Neill also pinch hit, so I'm not exactly sure what the mechanics were of how they got everyone in, who was in the lineup. I I could yeah, that's that's my understanding. No, Martinez wasn't right field yesterday. Okay, so and but O'Neill did not. Play. Bader wasn't center center as he always is. Yeah. Uh, they had they had Yaro Munoz Munoz playing left field. Sure, which is I would hope Tyler O'Neill plays every day. I think he's the I most hope so too. exciting player of this group in terms of the potential that he brings. Whether he actually ends up living up to that potential, he might just be the next Randall Gritchick, but I want to see him get a chance. And I'm interested in all of the Cardinals outfielder guys, with the exception of Jairo Munoz. Did you see Colton Wong's defensive gem from Tuesday night? It was very nice. Yeah. Now, I love Dane Perry. Dane Perry is one of the funniest sports writers of all time. He is intentionally strange and uh, he's a CBS guy. He's less strange now than he used to be, at least in his writing. I'm sure he's still like strange in real life uh, intentionally. And he would laugh, I believe if he heard me say this because we had some great times together uh, when we used to do video at CBS. He wrote an article 
about Colton Wong's defensive gem, breaking it down. And Dane, you overrated this play so much because the fa- it was a great play. But the fact is the only reason he got the out was Justin Turner has a piano permanently on his back. He is the slowest man I've ever seen run. This play never should have been made. It was a good play. It was a very good play. It was not a, it was not, not an exceptional play. And there you go, everybody. There's my two cents. Chris Archer expected to start on Sunday. Andrew McCutcheon cleared waivers and can be traded. Gene Segura left with rib soreness. George Springer sat again. That's getting frustrating. They're hoping Springer's back tomorrow. Robinson Cano played third base for the first time in his career. How about this? Michael Pineda could join the Twins rotation next month. Would anybody yeah, stash think, Pineda? I think his rehab assignment is up in like five or six days. I think he started on July 28th, and you only have 30 days. So he's going to be up pretty soon. Uh I want to see. I, I definitely am not going to add him, but... You know, he'll get a mention in the first waiver wire column when he's about to make his start, I, I would guess. All right, Michael Pineda. CeCe Sabathia is going to start on Friday. Jose Altuve stole a base, which I thought was important since he's coming back from the knee injury. It was good to see him running. I don't know what the circumstances were, but he had got a steal. Justin Bohr started and ho- – listen to this. Justin Bohr started in place of Santana, who, by the way, is slugging 391 against righties. Um, Justin Bohr and Santana now have identical 759 OPSs, if that's a word, OPSs. And, uh, OPI. Bohr, Bohr has barely played, but Santana has been straight up stank. And I'm wondering what uh, might happen here, guys. I think they're going to stick with Santana. That's what they've shown since acquiring Bohr. He's just taken occasional starts even even less than I thought he would frankly and this was his first the first time he did anything in a Phillies uniform really uh Santana still getting on base a lot I mean that's the main thing they paid him to do he it's has been two walks in his last 10 games okay if that's he's if they're done. gonna use those he's 10 over games the hill reason to bench him nah <laughs> you're right you're right he's still a great OBP um yeah, they'll probably stick with Santana. Jay Bruce expected to return tomorrow. We are so close to Chris getting called out by Ryan in St. Louis. So close. It's going to be fun. Let's talk about those rockin' rookies from last night. Jack oh my Flaherty gosh. and Walker Bueller. Man, these guys were nasty. They combined for 13 innings of four-hit, one-run ball with four walks and 19 strikeouts. Flaherty, Flaherty had 25 swinging strikes last night, I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. like, his numbers are insane. 144 strikeouts and 115 and a third, a 105 whip. Uh, these these two guys are having sensational rookie years. Um, Scott, who do you like better going forward, Flaherty or Bueller? Well, it's, it's tough to pick between them because I think they both have bright futures. These are both pitchers who I expect to see in the top 20 routinely in the fantasy rankings, if not higher. Flaherty's my favorite. I mean, he, the swinging strikes to this point in their career, um, it's, it's really no comparison. Bueller's managed to get strikeouts with, with less swing, with fewer swings and misses, but Flaherty has been an elite swing and miss guy. And looking near term, as in just next year, Flaherty is already equipped to throw 180 innings in this season. Bueller, uh, his career high coming into this season was 98. So he's already, about 20 more 
he's set a career high by 20 already this year. I wonder, first of all, if he's going to be able to go much beyond 150, 160 innings next year, especially given the way the Dodgers manage their staff. And second of all, how much does he have left in the tank this year? I don't know that they're going to let him make more than two or three more starts and then probably move him to the bullpen um, so that his innings don't pile up. And, and that's presumably the role he'd fill in the postseason as well if they make it there. So, uh, so Flaherty's definitely the one I prefer this year and next year and, and even, we'll see after that. I think even giving them the same innings, I, I think I might take Flaherty. He's really good. Yeah, it's exciting to have these two guys. Um, and then how would you, in a dynasty league, where would you put Reyes with them? Oh, well, well below. I think at this point, like, he's, Really, really intriguing, but there's just no guarantee he's a starter. Alrighty. And then here's a category called, a segment called, Who? And it's about, uh, Toronto starting pitcher Thomas Pannone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thomas Unknown is, uh, 2% owned, and he went seven scoreless innings with one hit, two walks, three strikeouts against Baltimore in his first major league start. Who? That w- that was my reaction when I saw him in the box score, so this is a fitting name for this. This part of the notes, but yeah, um, not very good in the minors this year. Last year, he was pretty good, more than a strikeout per inning. Uh, but the thing about him is he he averaged like 88 on his fastball. Like, so even though he got strikeouts in the minors a couple years ago, he just like I I feel like he was kind of the Mike Fires of Double A two years ago <laughs> in that. That is the that is the meanest thing I've ever heard you say. About <laughs> Scott, jeez. Well, and it's it obviously PG didn't work out for show. the AAA this year. And although it was a great debut against the Orioles, a it was against the Orioles, who are I think now fifty two games back. And B, <laughs> I, I'm not even exaggerating. No, that yeah, it, there's something like that. It's yeah. a it's it's a jaw dropping number considering it's not even September yet. And B, um. You know, only three strikeouts in seven innings. That, that doesn't bode well moving forward. All right, I'm just going to tell I'm, you that, that my, Thomas Pano, we can stop talking about him. He is the fifth player in baseball history since 1900 to have this in his first MLB start. Seven shutout innings, one or fewer hits, two or fewer walks. And yet we have no interest in him. And that was from uh, Elias Sports Bureau and MLB Pipeline tweeting I'm that. Just, I'm just going to assume that his name is Tom Pannoni. It's Pinot. And that he is a, no, I, I don't care what his name oh, okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to assume that he is like a, like a 70s, like, blue-eyed soul singer, like a Jim Croce type. You know, that, that's, that's where I am at with Tom Pannoni. Absolutely 100% zero idea what you're talking about, but it was probably pretty clever and pretty funny, so <laughs> I, I applaud you for it. And you know what? Get, you know what, Chris? Reward yourself. Get yourself a grown-up suit. Get yourself something sharp. Your suits probably suck, dude. Get an Indochino (laughs) suit. Because these are the best. They are fit. They are measured exactly to your measurements. They are made to measure. They fit you perfectly. They will look better than any suit you've ever owned. They will last a super long time. I freaking love my Indochino suit. I haven't had a chance to wear it in a while. But um, I'm doing an event. Chris, I don't know how dressy our fantasy football event is going to be in uh, in Florida, but if it's even somewhat dressy, I'll be rocking the Indochino suit. Might not wear a tie, but that's okay. 
it'll just uh, look pretty sharp because uh, I love it. And you can get this premium Indochino suit for just $379. If that sounds like a lot, it really isn't. Not for a product like this. If you go to Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, enter FBT at checkout, that will get you 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Customize every detail and absolutely love the suit you buy. Indochino.com, promo code FBT. You submit your measurements. They ship it to you for free. Any premium suit for $379 with FBT as your promo code. All right. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. An email from Ryan in St. Louis. Dear American Girl, Walls, and You Got Lucky. Chris, what are those? Yeah, those are Tom Petty songs. Yeah. I would rank Pretty them. Obvious. I would rank them. This is going to shock people. Walls, American Girl, You Got Lucky. I love the song Walls. One of my favorites. American Girl's the best song there. For sure. One of the, one of the best songs in the American rock canon. I mean, it is, but I, I just prefer Walls. Um, I really like Tom Petty. I don't know any of these songs. Oh, you know American Girl. These aren't the greatest. You know American, so American Girl is like the, so I, I saw him three times and I think he opened with it once and closed it with, with, with it the other two times. It's, it's okay. like, yeah, the iconic. Right. It's probably free, one of those songs I'd recognize if I could. Absolutely. It's Free Fallen and American Girl. Those are like the, the two to know. Um, I've been quiet this year with you boys, says Ryan, but I still listen every day. And of course you have me contending. Adam has personally responded to me, back to me twice saying, quote, this is great. I'm going to read this on the show, end quote, but he never did. It's okay. I'm not <laughs> bitter. Um, yeah, this sounds like you're being called out. Uh, now you. Back in the beginning of April, my friend Mr. Towers and I placed a wager that was discussed and agreed to on the air. The wager was, if Joey Gallo hits over 40 home runs, I will send 24 beers to Chris from any microbrewery of his choice. And no, Anheuser-Busch is not a microbrewery. If he, Joey Gallo, hits under 40, Chris has to sing, with no backing track, a Tom Petty song of Ryan's choice. 40 was a push. I want to make sure everyone is still aware of this. And what would your prediction be on who will win this wager? Joey Gallo, hit 40 his, homers. Hit his 30th, 33rd. 33rd, last. yeah. So that puts him right on pace, I believe, for 41. Ho-ho! So it's going to be close, wow. but I'm feeling good about Nail it. Nail-biter. What's I'm your song going to be if, if you have to sing? Well, Ryan chooses. Oh, and right, I, right. I mean, Durr. look, I, I'm a I'm a Tom Petty fan. But I'm still gonna hope that he sticks to, like, the, the more well-known stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'll learn a B-side if I have to, but you know, let's stick to something off Damn the Torpedoes or Full Moon Fever. You know, I don't want, like, track six on the last DJ or something. Don't Ryan. make him Give sing, me... don't make him sing Refugee. That is way too hard of a song. It's impossible to sing. <laughs> uh, and another musical no, no. email. Email of the day number two is from Paul. Adam, 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 how could you not instantly come up with a better Michael Kopech song? Hello, McFly at the Kopech, Kopech Cabana. That's good. Somewhere Barry Manilow weeps. Uh, yeah, it is That's good. That is good. Hey, real quick, Charlie Blackman or Christian Yelich? Rest of season. It's been a weird season for Charlie Blackman. It's been a great season for Christian Yelich. And... I could understand why you choose Yelich. He's he's been better this year than Blackman. Yeah. So, you know, that would seem like the easy call. I just don't understand enough why Blackman has 
disappointed because other than other than the you know the base stats, the fact that the BABIP is in its usual mid three hundreds level, um, he looks like the same player. So I'm I'm keeping the faith on Blackman. Obviously, it doesn't hurt you to start him. He's still been must start, just not quite as good as Yelich or not as good as we expected him to be. Scott takes Blackman. Chris, Blackman or Yelich, rest of season. Uh, yeah, I think I have to go with it. With Blackman. Black, Blackman. Yeah. Two cool stats on Yelich. You know, we were hoping that the the park switch would lead to a breakout. He's got a an OPS just over a thousand at home. But he's also been great against lefties, and that is weird. But yeah, Yelich has just and been great, and he's been great at home, and it's helped the power numbers. Three sixty-six with ten with ten homers in his past forty games. So yeah, so there's been some uh, some Babbitt help against lefties for sure. Didn't he? I think he hit four hundred in the month of July or something. I know he had like a five hundred Babbitt in the month of July. Um, He's he's really good. He hasn't changed his game entirely. Like maybe there was some hope he would, but he is hitting fewer ground balls than he ever has, which is continuing a trend. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. I don't yeah, I don't think it, I'm telling any tales out of school there. <laughs> he had exactly 400 with exactly a 500 BABIP in July. All right, next category. These guys keep hitting. Tyler White, Kendris Morales, and Miami outfielder Austin Dean. And Gaddis sat yesterday, and White DH'd. Um. White, Morales, Austin Dean, how would you rank them? Scott White. I would rank them... Okay, in terms of how much I like them, I would rank them White, Dean, and Morales. In terms of how much I think they're going to impact your fantasy team, I would probably go Morales, White, and Dean. So, so there you go. Um, yeah, I'm torn on what to make of Tyler White's playing time because... I like him. I think he could be good. I wanted to see him get more of an opportunity. Don't know that I want to see it at, at expense of one of the few catcher eligible players who is worth a darn in fantasy. That would be unfortunate. Uh, but yeah. For now, I know. I think he probably deserves to be more than 8% owned. That's how we are not giving Kendris Morales enough love, I think. Love him. As a, as a world. Love him. Since May 1st, he is hitting 278 with an 855 OPS, uh, 500 slugging percentage, four, 17 homers. Not a lot of RBI. He doesn't play every day. Uh, I think he does. I, I think he does play just about every day now. Am I wrong he about that? He started 75 games since May 1st. I feel like the, they, yeah, they've played like 98 games since then. So he, he, and I don't think he's had like a DL stint. Yeah, it's definitely, he's had stretches this season where he wasn't an everyday player, but he's pretty close to that right now. Okay. Uh, we gotta let Scott White go. Chris and I are gonna hang around and, uh, talk, uh, mostly emails. We'll read some emails. Scott, get out of here! Alright, see you later. Alright, we'll talk to you later. Chris, a lot of the fringy starting pitchers from yesterday are two-star pitchers next week, so we'll cover them tomorrow. Uh, but do you think you will start Trevor Williams at St. Louis or Mike Miner against the Dodgers next week? No. <laughs> Miner has a 323 ERA in his last 12 starts. 
Uh, 52 strikeouts though in 69 and two thirds. Are you? Yeah, that's the big thing with him is that he hasn't been getting strikeouts all year, and when he's good, that's what he does. And so it's hard for me to buy in. I'll say this though about Miner, like 3.23 RA in those 12 starts, he has faced Houston three times, Oakland twice. Remember, Oakland's been great. He's been at Boston. He's been at the Yankees. And that's you know, impressive. Yeah. Dodgers scare uh, me, but. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, uh, consider him a must start for sure. I don't really like Lance Lynn that much, but I don't think you should drop him after last night. They had a short bullpen, so they really kind of abused Lynn and left him in too long. He, he had five scoreless innings and then he gave up five runs in the sixth. Um, and the pitch count was up. And the, the other reason is, Currently, Lance Lynn is scheduled to face the White Sox and the Tigers at home next week. I don't, I, I think he'll make those two starts, but if not, I mean, Sabathia's coming off the DL that maybe he'll push Lynn back a day. But just keep that in mind. He's got two great matchups. You can probably drop him after that. Uh, in the bullpen, we talked about the Phillies bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been struggling as a 7-11 ERA in August. Jeremy Jeffers got another save. Jeremy Jeffers got another save. So that's two in a row for him. Johnny Venter's got to save. Dan Winkler had to be unavailable. He had pitched in three straight days. I'm not even going to get into the Mets bullpen. It's just annoying. <laughs> uh, the fringy, the, uh, the rotation. What did you make of Carlos Carrasco getting roughed up at Boston? It's, I, I think it's Boston. They'll, they'll just do that sometimes. They, they have lost three games in a row. So watch out. They are still the time to make. Well, they still they time won. to break it up, Dave Dombrowski. They won yesterday. They had lost three. Ah, uh, okay. All right, then they're fine. They are the only uh, team that has not lost four in a row this year. Yeah, they're good, and they they do this to really good pitchers sometimes. Yeah, or also to pitchers that don't have a fastball. Uh, Boo! Uh, Lester, uh, John Lester had another, I guess, good result. Three strikeouts and five and two-thirds. And he'll be interesting. Two starts next week. Scott and I will talk about it with Lester. Edwin Encarnacion came off the DL and homered twice. That was great. And Xander Bogarts homered twice. And he continues to have a huge year. He's really good. All right. Let's read those emails. Let's help the people out. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. First, a tweet from, I, I think, a brilliant Twitter handle. Gorlami. One of... <laughs> that whole scene is one of my favorite in movie history. Gorlami. Gorlami. Gorlami is how he says. Uh, yeah, that would be, um, Inglorious Bastards. It's so good. Gorlami says, I continue to be less confident in Chris Archer. I'm currently in first place, but I'm scared to throw Archer in the mix during the playoffs. Would you drop Archer and let another team start him? Can't help but think about it. I really want to drop Archer, but is it smart? I do. We have to answer questions about Chris Archer anymore. Do we have anything new to say? We don't know. Nobody knows. Wow. He should be better than he is. I don't know. Wow, you sound so defeated. I I am a little bit. <laughs> I'm not dropping Chris Archer. No, you can't drop Chris Archer. My, it's more of an existential malaise that I'm experiencing. Coming hard with the vocab today. From Kevin. My league, we're allowed two closers. 
I have Minter, Jansen, and Strope. Who should I drop? Strope, right? There was something with Brandon Morrow, but I don't know what the exact, like, he was going to get evaluated yesterday, but I don't know if that was good or bad news. Uh, but I just think the other guys are better. Um, well, Minter is injured right now. He's not on the DL, but he's like day to day. Yeah. Uh, uh Brandon Morrow will get a test on his bicep on Friday. So maybe you drop Minter. I don't know. I think you drop Minter. Unfortunately, I, I, I fear the answer should be Jansen, but there's no way I'm, I'm dropping him. Yeah. I, I don't have that kind of confidence in my, myself. Yeah, like no way. I, I hope the answer. I hope Jansen doesn't end up being the worst, but you have to keep him. I think I would keep Strope because yeah, I, I believe he hangs on to that job. He pitched yesterday in a non-safe situation. I, I think they were just trying to get him some work. Uh, this is from AB. Hey, real quick, rank for the month of September: Flaherty, Bueller, Clevenger, Wheeler, John Gray, and Kopech. Flaherty, Bueller, Clevenger, oh. Wheeler, John Gray, and Kopech. There's only there are only two easy ones here for me. Okay. I would put Clevenger one and Bueller last. I think that's probably fair. I thought about putting Flaherty one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's very debatable. I think you probably go Wheeler over Kopech, although that could look really stupid. And then John Gray after Flaherty. Okay, so you'd go Clevenger, Flaherty, Gray, Kopech, Wheeler, Kopech, Bueller. I think so. Oh, I know what I called you out on yesterday, Chris. Trenton, Tennessee reminds me. It says, Dear Greg, Tom, John, and Steve, those are Braves pitchers. Old Braves pitchers. I'm with Adam. Trust the process is taken. I called you out first. You can't say trust the process. You're stealing it. How does, how does that work? We can't say things that other people have said. We have a finite number of words available and we, that, that's ridiculous. You also ridiculous. can't say three-peat. That, that's not how it works. Pat I'm not, Riley I'm not monetizing it. it. It's not going on a shirt well, or a trinket. Trent reminds us that trust the process is taken, but not by the 76ers. It's actually trademarked by Marcus Lemonis. I don't know who that is. Chairman and CEO of Camping World. Good Sam, Gander Outdoors, and star of the show, The Prophet. In fact, Embiid had to trademark the process as trust the process was taken. Anyways, just wanted to share because every time Chris says this, it makes me think of this. And then Adam actually brought it up. So, yeah, how about that? There we go. Adam, you know what my response is? What? Trust the process. You can't, no, you, we're going to get sued, Chris. You need to take this more seriously. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Oh, great. Well, now the CEO of Camping World just appeared in a mirror. Josh in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh wait, here's the, here's the email about Carlos Rodon. I did have it in here. Okay, thanks Josh, we already answered that. This is from Matthew in DC. Dear Mario and Luigi, Posey just got dropped in my points league. The playoffs end next week. Gaddis or Posey? Oh, I wish it was a different catcher than Gaddis. I wish Gaddis was playing every day. I'm I going, wish I had an answer. I'm going Posey. I think you probably have to. Especially in a point. But his season might end on Tuesday. This is from Dylan. Who's a better pitcher to keep for the next of rest, uh, next of season, next? Who's a better pitcher to keep for next season? Shane Bieber Um, or Kyle Freeland? You okay? I am okay, yeah, yeah. Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland, okay. This is Jake from Arietta. 
Hey, Nakahama, Robert Parrish, and Jay Strongbow. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I feel like I mean I know Robert Parrish. I don't. I, I these I don't. have to. These are Chiefs. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I need a judge yeah. replacement. I have Oduba Herrera and Malik Smith. Should I drop either of them for David Dahl in a point? I think you can drop Oduba Herrera. He's been awful for like a month and a half. Like he has like a 270 on base percentage, I think, since the start of July. And this is from Victor. Hey, Wilmer, Wilmer, and Wilmer. Flores, Valderrama, and I don't know a third one. Defoe. Oh, there you go. I have already clinched first place and a first round bye in my points league. I can essentially take the next three weeks off. Are there any injured or slumping players currently available that are worth stashing for the playoff run? Oh, that's a really hard question to spring on someone uh, without any warning. It's true. Maybe injured, you know, injured might be obvious. Uh, slumping. Slumping. Still maybe, I think Carlos Gonzalez. Like yeah, I'm bit. thinking like Kyle Schwarber could get hot in, this, in the the last month. Um, and I know his ownership's been dipping. Uh, I don't know. Scott yeah, Shebler's coming back from the Scott DL Shepler's soon. Back. That's true. Uh, today, actually. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, right. I think I'd expect him to play every day. Um, now that Duvall's not there, and that now that he's healthy, so that could be one. I, I think you could go out and add Carlos Santana. Um, maybe see if Jose Abreu can be had for cheap after his injury. All right, I think you did pretty well. I think you did pretty well Thank right you. there. This is from Mason with the Nationals trading Daniel Murphy to the Cubs. Could that open the door for Carter Keyboom to be moved to second base? I don't, is, is there really another key boom or is that Spencer key boom that he meant? No, that is Carter key boom. Uh, top 100 prospect for the Washington Nationals who has been playing at double A, uh, with a 747 OPS. They have um, both of the key booms? I, I assume that they're, I mean, may, I would assume they're related. I, I, I would hope so. Um, I, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we know Trey Turner can also play the outfield, so it, maybe he gets moved there eventually, but I'm not worried about a top prospect getting, getting blocked if, if there's a need. That's amazing. Carter Keyboom and Spencer Keyboom are brothers there on the Nationals. I bet a lot of people already knew that, but I didn't. I apologize. Well, they, they have both Harpers. Or they had. Okay, but that, they had that Bryce and Brian. Last name is Harper. This is Keyboom. Well, yeah, but they're, with their brother. It doesn't matter. It's the name. That's what matters. <laughs> this is from Josiah. Josiah, you know, Josiah pestered me into putting this email on the show. I hope you're happy. Which of these injured sluggers will be the most impactful in September? Judge, Sanchez, Abreu, Bryant, Vado, Donaldson. It sounds like Bryant is the closest to returning, so that is my answer. I think he's Vado. Do you have assignment this week? Vado might come back Sunday. Okay, so yeah, then Vado or Bryant, whichever one comes back first. Uh, yeah, I think Vado, Bryant, and Sanchez have the best chance to be ready for September first. Sanchez, I don't know, that might be pushing it a little. Uh, I would take Bryant. I think. I think, yeah, Sanchez is starting a rehab assignment in the next couple of days too, right? 
I, I'm not sure, but I know he's like getting there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're all back by September one. N- not all. These no, guys. just those three. Yeah, those Brian three. Vado Sanchez. Okay, here we go. Uh, from Mr. Michael in Long Island. Hey, Tony, Bruce, Stephen, Peter. You always struggle with this one. No, I know who they are. Whenever I hear it, and it always just drives me crazy. They're the Avengers, right? Yes. I need a closer. I still have Knable. Um, is he worth owning for the rest of season? No, he's not. I drop him, and don't. he says he can drop Knable for Herrera, and you should definitely do that. Yeah, I think you should definitely do that. I, I think there's a, I think Knable just had a one, one really good season, and I think we downplayed that potential before the year. I don't know that we downplayed it. We definitely brought it up a lot. Just was surprising he was this bad. Scott in Portland. Mm. Scott in Portland. Should I drop Evan Gaddis for Weeders, Cervelli, Lucroy, Taylor Ward, or Danny Jansen? It's a categories league. Should I drop Only Gattis? one I would do it is Ward. Ward, okay. Uh, and MK from Houston. Dear Deshaun, JJ, and DeAndre. Houston Texans. 12-team Roto League. Who would you rather have at corner infield the rest of season? Thames or Tyler White? Thames. Let's look at today's matchups. Oh, by the way, Scott and I are going to probably do a podcast like super late tonight. I have it for you tomorrow morning. That'll be fun. Adam Plutko at David Price. I'll start Price. Aaron Nola. He's doing some different stuff. Aaron Nola and Max Scherzer, yes. Bumgarner at DeGrom, yes. Matt Boyd hosting James Shields. I'll start Matt Boyd. Joey Lucchese at Kyle Freeland. I will start Freeland. Braves at Marlins. Sean Newcomb at Eliezer, at Adam Eliezer Hernandez. Newcomb has not been good since the, the near no hitter, right? No, you, you are all over this. Uh, his yeah. last two starts have been terrible, I think. And, yeah. Um, and he hasn't been striking anyone out since, like, May, I think. Uh, but you'll still start him. And, uh, what's next? Royals at Rays, the game everybody's been talking about. Danny Duffy at Tyler Glass now. Definitely Tyler Glass now. Anthony DiScofani at Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. Trevor Cahill. Did- Disclafani's been really good lately. Yeah, though. he has. He really has. Trevor Cahill at Cole Stewart. A's at Twins. Trevor Cahill. We are done. It's great to have Chris back. It's great to have you listening. Get ready for some Tom Petty at the end of the year. We'll talk to you on Friday. See you, everybody. Bye.